Gotta get all the squeaks out of the chair. Gotta get all the wiggles out now. I am de-wiggled. Welcome back to Dime Comic Bros Podcast. Uh, it is just me, Jacob, hello, and Spencer. Greetings. Colin is not here. Life has just punched us in the face and kicked us in the balls and asked him which one we like better. And uh, that's why we keep sh- having to skip and not be here, and it's been fun. <laughs> I will bring all of the, the tism for him. Perfect. I will fill his, his shoes well. My feet are actually bigger, so I will overfill his shoes. You know what they say about big feet? Big socks. Big socks. <laughs> exactly. Why buy a comic that might cost more than a dime? Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. Uh, so Speaking of big feet and stuff, uh, we watched Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, which was released in released in 2008, uh, written and directed by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, hey, 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 you were going to bring the autism. You said Guillermo's name correctly. He can say, wait, can he say, can Colin say his name correctly? That happened two episodes ago where he could not say it and you pulled it up on your phone. Maybe three three weeks ago. Something like that. Guelmo. <laughs> um, <laughs> when and, he was talking about Pinocchio, remember? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> He's a special boy. Um, and it's a direct sequel to the, the previous film. Um, so this is a mostly original plot. Like, the villain and... Basically, the majority of the plot is, like, wholly original. Which I think is an interesting direction to take a sequel. It's... We were talking about it. Well, you were, because I don't like letting us talk about it during the movie, because this is the point of the show, is to talk about it after the movie. You oh. were saying, this feels much more in line. It's a it's a, a spiritual successor to most of the Mike Mignola Hellboy stuff. Yeah. Even, especially more than the uh, first movie. Yeah, in a way. Um, despite the fact that the first movie was... Um, directly taking a lot of its plot points from the first few stories because of the fact that, one, the main Hellboy series wasn't done yet. It, it wasn't by the time the second movie was out either, but there was a lot more to work with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the early 2000s-ness, they, they men and blackified it a little bit, just a, a tinge, you yes. know? Um, so it actually feels like the original story written by one guy who is just really familiar with Hellboy and how the lore works just writing his own characters and and plot out of it. it it actually feels more like a hellboy story than the first one did despite the fact that it's like not pretty much anything written by mike which i think is is cool quite it's weird but it's cool like that which kind of just demonstrates that that the director and writer understand um like the characters fairly well to be able to transplant them beef up the 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 supporting characters roles into like an actual main trio and then write them in like a wholly original plot with original villains that all feel like they fit. So there is a crown that controls the Golden Pistman army, and uh, the king breaks it up into three pieces, and he gives one piece to the humans, and then his son is like, no, that's bullshit. I want to control the Golden Pistman army. So he goes uh, rampaging... 
and finally tries to get the piece, and it's a whole lot of pissing about uh, until he finally gets the crown, and then Hellboy fights it for him and takes the crown. He's doing some some rich boy flaunting of, nah, I'm going to do the thing. He's kind of being a dramatic whore, like an elf, to be fair. There is a... It's tough because it feels like... It could have been trimmed down a little, which is weird because it's only two hours. Yeah, it feels a lot longer. It feels like they're pissing about, like, what is going on? Now we fight another monster. But <sighs> I don't think there's any particular scenes that could have been excluded. I think it's it's more so a few of them just could have been tightened up a little bit. I think it's just me being special and being like, sit down and watch a movie. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know. I, I get what you're saying, though. Sometimes the pacing... Um, like of a the scenes are kind of a little long. Yeah. Like the fact that like the 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 very long sequence in the troll market was great. Lots it of lots of costume. So really cool stuff. But it is like ten minutes, and it's like there's probably a tiny little bit of you, that you could have kind of trimmed down a tidbit. Maybe the beginning sequence. You or know. like when when the big um. Man thing monster appears, and it's there for the bad guy to be like, "Ooh, what are you gonna we will do, do, Hellboy? Ooh. What are you gonna do?" Yeah, and then it goes on for quite a while where the bad guy is coming for them to get the last piece, and it's like, "But he just popped up in this one scene." It's really, right. I don't know. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I I know what you mean. Um, there's a little bit of. Not rep- re- repetition, but like me- a little bit of meandering. Meandering. A little bit. Yes. Um, the fact that the the set and costume design is so fucking pretty oh and holds gosh. up so well makes it really enjoyable to watch. So it's, you're sitting there like, you know, they could probably talk faster, but like that looks cool. You know? It's Same very thing int- with the, the demon thing that takes the spear out of Hellboy's chest at the end. Um, it's <laughs> It feels like classic Mike of like... One day, Hellboy's going to destroy the world, but no, no, no. not today. Yeah. It just feels like one of those classic reminders, but um, it was also just like a magic fix for a thing that didn't have to happen. Yeah, it, it's it's the... Um, but it looks so good, so it who does. cares? That was a really, <laughs> really cool, cool costume piece. Um, yeah, it's one of those, like, you kind of wrote yourself into a corner, so you're, you know... Like, why would the characters do that? It's like, well, because you wrote them into a corner where they had to do that. You yeah. know, like, you kind of have the choice as a writer to not do that. Right. Um, but minor quabbles. It, it, it could have used more polish, but it's still very impressive how Hellboy this movie is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I also, I just, I like, I really like how much more it emphasizes the other characters because despite the fact that it's a Hellboy movie and. A lot of his stories are after he's already left the BPRD, so he's just kind of dicking around by himself or with, like, one person. The The team element in the book is kind of underwritten. It, they drop it pretty quickly. Um, and the first movie yeah, attempts to have it, but the balance isn't really struck between the characters. It when, when you have other characters surrounding your lead that reflect like the attributes of your lead, it makes it makes the lead feel more developed in the movie, despite the fact that he has less screen time than previously, because there are other characters that tell you other things about him when he's not there. I watched this... The last time I watched this movie was before I read through the series three times, or at all, 
So um, I had forgotten quite a bit, and I was pretty excited that they included Johan, Johan, Johan Kraus. That was very exciting. I love him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I just wanted to notate this was made of roughly like an $85 million budget, which I think is like 20 higher than the last one, maybe. Um, I think the the CG sequences hold up a lot better than the first one as well. There mm. are long extended sequences of entirely digital characters like the the Golden Army. The Golden Piss Men are all fake. <laughs> like, but it still holds up really well. I was thinking several times that the CG monsters for the most part, like the the Teeth Fairy in the beginning and the uh the the Swamp Thing monster um is done in shadow, but they're colorful enough, and it's not completely dark that you can't see it. It it's frustrating to watch this movie, that's much older, be so much better than something like Venom Two, where it's like they're clearly doing everything with no light in the room yeah. to cover their shitty CG. Right. I think also the uh, I think the Tooth Fairies had a physical model to start with. I think for like. When it's laying there dead, I think it's a real prop. And then right. they, because you have such a strong physical reference point, you know, they're not like creating it whole cloth for when it moves around. And I, I think that definitely helps having like a strong reference model to, to refer back to. So you're not like running off of memory and mm -hmm. like, well, I think it would move like this. It's like, well, why don't we move the thing around and see how it works so we can, we can, we can CG it better. Um, Perlman is still really, really good. God tier. He's. <laughs> There is something about the character that he just kind of gets with the vibes. Is like he's, it, it it's something that um, I'm sure we'll we'll talk about when we get to the 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 reboot. But the the combination of the the practical effects and the makeup and the performance and the direction and the writing, like he Hellboy is different than he is in the comics, but he maintains the same Hellboyness to him. Like Hellboy isn't. He looks like a demon, but also he looks like a guy who saves cats out of trees, if you ask him, who's like, fine, I'll get your stupid fucking cat. You know? Like, he's got that look to him. It's I think it has a lot to do with, like, the, the eyes and the mouth. But also, he would rather save the cat than a human. Okay, yeah, but, like, you know what I mean. It's like, he'll randomly, okay, fine, I'll pick your car up, but, like, fuck you. You know? There's a just his delivery of iconic lines such as, uh, oh, crap. crap. You know? Like, something like that. It, it's It's small, but it goes a long way. Uh, I think. Um, and I, I think Doug Jones as Abe Sapien is, I like his look more in the first movie, but I think the the fact that they obviously beefed up his role so much and then slimmed him down, ah, 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 uh, they've made the fish man smaller. I think was just like a, a necessity of the makeup. Like we have to thin this guy out so we can put him in the suit all the time. Um, that looks so fucking good. I still ever I look at it. I can't tell when the mouth when the mouth and like the gills are fake or if they're actually moving. It's it's insane. Uh, Liz Bonk is not the greatest of actors. <laughs> it, it, she was a bit stiff. Same with um, Hellboy's boss. Uh, he's always typecast to be the that, asshole yeah, boss. That, yeah. So. I'm, that, I'm never huge on his acting either. No, I think he is the one of the the holdovers that brings this movie down. Kind yeah. of, it's one of those things where it's like it felt like a necessity in the first movie to like 
Okay, we introduce an original POV character to introduce us to the world. It's like, okay, fine. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. It makes sense why you'd want that. But now that you've bought into the 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 concept, it, it feels like scaling back the the cringy FBI boss man would be a good idea. Yeah. And they kind of don't, because they don't really develop their relationship very much either. No. And it's if they bitching the whole right, time. Right, like either direction would have been fine, <clears throat> but... Like, they just kind of explicitly say, wow, look, he's insecure. It's like, okay, well, the subtext of the first movie told us that. <laughs> there isn't much else here. Right. Um, he's fine, I guess. It's just, like, I just don't like the... He's just one note. It's just a character that I don't like. The performer is fine. Um, I, I, I do... I just... I like the development of, of Abe and, and Hellboy and Liz as, like, more of a, an actual group of, like, friends yeah. instead of, like... It's it's a Hellboy movie, and we have to have an Abe Sapien cameo in the beginning and the end because, of course, we do. And like Liz is there, but because she's in her um, in the first movie, she's in her her dark and brooding mode. You know, like she doesn't do much. Hellboy and Abe getting drunk together because they've both fallen in love. Classic builds so much character that takes a long time to build up in the books and even then it's pretty spotty like yeah through the the first four collections of bprd like abe's all upset that his buddy is gone and it's like the you didn't really have a whole lot of that built up in, that was, in the main story that about. was something that colin uh talked about with the first movie that the the change of abe's personality to be a little bit less kind of hellboy but wet yeah. You know, while I, it's a cool character in the comics, like that changing the the dynamic makes a lot of sense because it gives you more to work with. It it it, it makes it less redundant. Whereas in the comics, it makes sense because like that's the tone the universe has. Basically, everyone's kind of dark and broody and whatever. So if you want Abe to have his own comic spinoff run, like you want it to be totally similar to the Hellboy one, it makes sense. But like it's definitely easier to buy into with the movies, despite having infinitely less runtime. Um, what you were gonna do? I was wondering why in your future state collection you have the next Batman before Batman Dark Detective alphabetically. Um, are you assuming the next doesn't count and you're just going with Batman and then Batman Dark Detective? I don't remember. I don't remember why I did that. I'm dumb. It there's could always be there's always stuff in my collection. Timeline that's stuff too. So no, but that's the thing is because none of them are arranged like that. Otherwise, I would have done that. That's how I want. If I have unlimited storage space, I want to store everything chronologically. But that is so physically impossible to really? do. It's insane. Um, no, and all of those books you have to shuffle between all of them because not a, none of them really connect. It's just if you want to be like. Okay, so this is the period of time where they thought Bruce Wayne was dead. It's like, okay, well, then you got to read through here, and then they realize he's alive, and like, whatever. I you see. Know. Um, um, I just like I like the cats. I just love the little the, I love the little holdovers they have from the comics and from the previous movie, where where despite wanting to take it in an original plot direction and just kind of utilize the characters, which is totally fine. I, I like how much of it still has 
you know, despite some pretty rough makeup on a child actor in the opening, mm-hmm. including a young Hellboy's a nice touch. The re- using the the same actor for Broom as we had in the first movie, I think he's honestly better in that sequence than he was in the first movie. It was pretty. The the child Hellboy was pretty poorly dubbed. Over I was about too. to say they definitely dubbed his voice, oh, and yeah. that was rough. The makeup itself was, like, fine, but I think the dubbing was what kind of killed it because then I couldn't stop staring at his teeth. Exactly. Um, But, like, it's just one of those, like, texturally Hellboy things. It's like, oh, wow, the plot we're doing is a story I heard 20 years ago that I thought was fake, you know? Let's start with the story and then wonder where the plot's going to go. Right, like, stuff like that is nice. And I, I think just having that, like... They use the same photo that they had from the first movie. Just a little tangential connections makes for a nice. I like how they fade it out too, so that Hellboy like changes color from the black and white to the red, and then um, 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 Daddy is is lit while the rest of the group fades out. Yeah. Um, on that note, just coloring wise, something I, I notated. Um, he Hellboy's a much better shade of red for this movie, in my opinion. Oh. Uh, Colin and I talked about that. The first one is a little. It's a little bright sometimes. He looks a little like crimson, mm. um, and sometimes the the shades don't match on the props and the 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 makeup, which is just how cameras capture shit. Sometimes right. you wouldn't know that until you look at the footage, um, and I think they got the color a lot better in this movie. It's a little bit it's a little bit deeper. It's not like dark. It's still pretty bright, but it's a lot more murky, maybe not maroon. It's not quite maroon, but it's like a dark red instead of a Blood red. Yeah. It's like an actual blood red, but not what we... The color called blood red, which is way too fucking bright. Um, I, I just think that looks a lot better, aesthetically speaking, to my Listen, liking. man, I had the 10 crayon box, okay? Not the 100. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, it's just the little touches. Like, despite the fact that it's... a. Uh, for a movie like this, it's fairly low budget. It's made by like a I'm like I'm gonna assume a fairly small crew, one writer director, a small cast. You know, it's like it still has enough. It, it manages to know where to add scale where yeah. necessary, right. and then where and to not pull feel it. like complete camp. Right, and it, it it has just enough of that where it's like this is goofy and dumb, but it's cool. Like yes. you know, it doesn't. It's not ashamed of its source material. It just wants to do something a little different. Like. Like, in the market, like we said, it looks so good. There's so many costumes and, and weird things happening and weird stuff to look at. There was a guy with... Uh, he had something, like, uh, the size of his wingspan, and it was the shape of a mouth. Yes. Like, that he was carrying through the I, I genuinely think that was just, like, a, a big, fa- like, pair of fake teeth. Right. And <laughs> it's so many details like that in the market. And and then you get later in the movie where they step into a room and they're clearly standing on, like, a styrofoam rock. And it's composited over, like, a painting. And it looks great. Yeah. And you could, you know how they did it. But it still looks good. It's, like... Like you said, they they just knew when to spend the money and when to do it cheap. And it's good. Yes. Quite good. For sure. Um, We get to do the reboot next. (sighs) I wanted to like that one. 
I wanted really bad. I think that is going to be a three of us on a Friday night with like a lot of beer. I, I think we'll make that a little bit more enjoyable than first thing on a Saturday morning. Um, that's going to be rough. Um, I, I just, I, I think this one's a little better than the first one. It's still, it has a, a lot of fingerprints of the early superhero genre coming to form, which I like, despite the fact that a lot of the movies from the late 90s, early 2000s were like, a lot of them weren't great. Yeah. Like they still, there's a lot of common um, problems. Yeah, there's a lot of common problems. There's a lot of common difficulties and stuff between them. But like, I'm nostalgic for it. Yeah, you are. And and I, I think this is a really good example of how to do like a really big self-contained story. But like, it doesn't cost $300 million. And it's and two it's hours. really good. Right. It, and it's not. It does what it wants to do. And then it gets in a out. decent amount of time. Yeah. It's not, again, like Venom 2, where it's, it's not, yeah. 75 minutes. Ugh. I can't believe how short that movie was. That was a speed run of a movie. That was just. Oh, he's dead. Bye. Chickens. I swear, the only funny parts of those movies is when they do just go, yeah, they're gay. That's the only part of those movies where he's like, like in the dance club. It's like, all right, this is fine, I guess. This is so, it's so demented. I gotta get my <laughs> Jacob is the book man. He's he's running. Oh Lord, he coming. Hellboy gets kitties. So, sir, what have you been who, reading? Who are you, sir? Sir, you, sire. You, no, I will never sire you. <laughs> That's uh, a good one. <laughs> I read Spider-Man, colon, Spider's Shadow. Spoopy. Written by Chip Zdarsky and arted by Pascal Ferry. Colored by Matt Hollingsworth. So, as noted... This story takes place around the time of Amazing Spider-Man number 258. Uh, so yeah, this goes way, way, way back in time to when Spider-Man originally found the Venom symbiote. Venom! Venom, Venom, Venom. I hate that song so much. It's so bad. Which one? The stupid Eminem... The, the, you oh. know, that one. The one that played over the end credits. It's got a great bass line, but the lyrics are garbage. Hmm. Um, so Spider-Man has the Venom suit and he likes it, it's black, it's sleek, it's sneaky, and then, uh, the suit is corrupting his mind and he starts hurting people and he's like, this is not okay. So I, he goes to, uh, Mr. Fantastic and he says, hey, there's something wacky about this suit. So they do some tests, and he's like, ah, I don't have time for this, I gotta go. And the suit convinces him to start killing bad guys because he's not fixing them by beating the shit out of them and arresting them. It's like the Batman one bad I think it's literally, literally, literally what if it, he just, it's just, he, he didn't just, take it off. Yeah, That's it. he just gets corrupted by the suit, and he starts killing bad guys. He's like, I'm gonna start cleaning up the city. And killing all the bad guys. Um, he and Mary Jane aren't doing so hot. And then... Oh, yeah. 
So then issue three comes along because there's five issues in this book. Uh, the last surviving villains are like, we got to team up and try to stop them. <laughs> and <clears throat> probably the best note of the book was uh, they're teaming up. They're trying to make their plan. And J. Jonah Jameson shows up. <laughs> and um, where is it? Electro, of all people, <laughs> says you were always a villain, Jameson. <laughs> I was like, dang, that's a really interesting idea. Um, it's weird, because, like, generally speaking, he is portrayed... Like, he's right about everything except Spider-Man. Like, usually, like, he's usually on the money. Right. He just has, like, a very strong blind spot. Eddie Brock, because he doesn't have the Venom suit, um, takes out Doc Ock and steals his... His uh, octopus suit for himself. And that was kind of wacky. That was a weird twist I didn't see coming. Interesting. And it didn't really do anything. Uh, na, 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 na. I am the arm man. You know what Doc Ock can do with all those arms with the Sinister Six? He can serve them all bref breakfast at the same time. You can carry a lot of plates with all those arms. Craven gets the the symbiote into a blast furnace, and it separates uh, Peter Parker from the suit. And they all go, "Wow, that was crazy!" And they drive away, and it's stuck to the back of the van that they're driving away with. And then you're like, "Wait, there's one more issue." <laughs> yes. So the symbiote climbs up the Fantastic Four tower and starts taking over all of them, and. All of the, like, Avengers that show up and are like, Spider-Man, you're being bad. We got to stop you. So, like, the symbiote takes over everybody, basically. And it leads to a final fight and that kills Mr. Fantastic. And... They overcome it with the power of friendship. And then it ends with Spider-Man replacing Mr. Fantastic in the Fantastic Four. Oh, shit. Wacky. It was. It ended on a surprisingly high note, like a surprisingly happy note. I, I didn't expect that. I was expecting it to be like the downfall of Spider-Man and he becomes Venom and he's terrorizing the town. But I was happily surprised by the happy note at the end. That's a hot cover. Yes. The covers are super hot. They're super spooky. Uh, I have it in the trade paperback. It is $18 cover price. I think you can get it for like 15-ish from Lux Luthor online. Uh, I got it for free as a Christmas present from Spencer. <laughs> oh. Wow. Wow. Uh, Spider-Man. I believe I gave it four out of five stars on Goodreads. What have you done? How many do you have? Uh, I have one more. Okay. Um, one more in the chamber. One I could probably shit out if you'd like. Mm, shit. I love shit. I'd probably rather just take a question, though. Interesting. So I read Catwoman Lonely City, which is a four-issue black label book uh, written and drawn by Cliff Chang. Uh, it is an out-of-continuity, like most black label books, uh, what if stuff was different, actually. Catwoman gets out of prison, like, 15 years in the future, so she's, like, a MILF now. It's scary. Um... She is all like, damn, bro. Uh, without Batman, Gotham's turned into like a crazy police state. This is shit. Um, 
She wants to go on a couple of heists and like sort out some things. Where uh, we get a lot of flashback allusions to um, I don't remember what they call it, but it's like the the last day with Batman, where like a, a Joker did a Joker thing and is like, ah, I'm gonna kill everybody, and then he kind of does. And a, a, a Batman bestowed upon Catwoman like the final key for the Batcave type deal. Um, so just a lot of like little secrets are revealed throughout the book. Not the the whole day, the whole like last event isn't shown in full, so it's not like a. And now in Act Three, we show the whole thing. It's like you just get little tidbits here and there. Uh, Catwoman may or may not be responsible for Batman and a couple of Robins dying. Uh, lots of stuff. So. Lots of guilt and whatnot. Uh, she teams up with a whole host of different villains who are all on mostly different life paths now because the city do be different. Um, so uh, she teams up with Killer Croc and Riddler and Riddler's daughter and like a whole bunch of different characters, which are really cool. Eventually, they go see Ivy and... Bonk, 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 bonk. Mess with the honk, you get the bonk. I can't. She's so hot. Um, she's just kind of out there chilling. Like, she usually is, honestly. In most stories, Ivy's just kind of like, I kind of chilled out, but, like, I have, like, my little enclave over here. Flowers go. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> a lot of people end up dying by the end of this book. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. It's a... I have a soft spot for post-Batman stories. Um, you have I, a lot of soft spots. I do. Um, I'm soft. This is just how <laughs> it is. I, I, like the, I like the storytelling potential of <laughs> dealing with other characters in the wake of, like, what, how does Gotham react to there being no Batman? What happened? Like, how does that change other people's trajectories? Like, half of the villains have gotten their shit together because, you know, they realize, like, oh, that was dumb and bad, actually. You know? Um I just, I really like that storytelling idea, and I think this book does it probably the best I've seen in a while. It acknowledges um, lots of other adjacent DC characters, like Batgirl is no longer Batgirl, she's, I mean, she's Batmilf now. Um, she's running for mayor, I believe. Um, like, there's a lot of, oh, yeah, uh, Harvey Dent is in charge of the city now, by the way. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> he's been going, he's been going a little Joker mode, um. It's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of weird politicking, and I like it. It's a lot of, like, city, local government stuff interfering with personal vendettas and whatever. Um, so, in summary, you're soft, you have a lot of soft spots, except for the hard, hard spot you have for Poison Ivy. Yes. Okay. Um, Got it. That is my takeaway. Yeah. Um, this is one of them symbiotic books I'm in love with where the, the writer does the writing and the art. Um, it's gorgeous. Everything, it's it's cartoony, but it's not, like, goofy. Um, and it's, it, is a, it is fairly adult in its themes, and, but not, like, the tone. Like, they say fuck. Well, but it's not, like, we're just going to, like show insane amounts of graph like it's not like gross it's just there it's not gratuitous not really um for me anyways the the line's different for everybody but like i like how it, it it's very funny and and it's fun to read but it's not afraid to broach very serious topics but it doesn't wallow in it that makes sense um 
this I read like right at the end of uh, of the it, it was like three days into January. And then I was like, you got to be shitting me because this would have been easily in my top three of last year. Like, wow. By a long shot. It's a gr- phenomenal fucking read. I bought this for $30 in the big, hard big cover. busty hardcover extra wide. Big busty. Yes. Ooh. Oh, there's a lot of big busty gals in this book. Um, the, it, it's it's the, the, the extra, the, the large black label book. Right. Um, this was worth so much fucking money. It's great. It's, it's great. It's perfect. She's flawless. It took for... Ever for that book to release too. Those issues have been on the wall for so long, and yes. I'm like, where book? Yeah, DC's been having some weird back end publishing issues with their hardcovers. I I don't really know why, but I I found out that they were having difficulties. Um, this is worth like so much money. I recommend this to like anyone. This is wow. so fucking good. What else do you have? Ooh, Bucko. I have a good one. You know how Spider Man that book went back in time, like. 20 years at least, right? Which and time? Which time? The, which when, when Spider-Man originally found uh, the Venom suit, the one uh, I talked yeah, about yeah. last time. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I watched Resident Evil colon Infinite Darkness. It is a four-episode Netflix exclusive that launched or released, I guess, in 2021. What's the relation between those two points? It goes to right after Resident Evil 4, and before Resident Evil 5. Okay. Okay. So after the good one, but before like the worst one. The bad one. Yeah. 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 Well, I think... Six is worse, but... Yeah. I'm going to read you the summary because... Oh, boy. I had to be tipsy to watch this. Uh, Years after surviving the T-virus outbreak in Raccoon City, Leon Kennedy now works as a Secret Service agent for the U.S. president. After a cyber attack occurs at the White House... Leon finds himself teaming up with several other agents to defend the president from a zombie attack. He incidentally meets Claire Redfield, who is investigating a possible zombie outbreak in Panamstan. Leon soon finds himself in the middle of a military conspiracy involving Panamstan and biological weapons. Can he trust his fellow agents? Will he and Claire be able to uncover the culprit behind the incidents in time before the war breaks out? It sounds like an in-between cool. I don't even know where to start. Oh, boy. Uh, I remember bits and pieces of the story, but it wasn't... I don't remember it being coherent. I remember it being really boring, and they were trying to do, like, multiple threads that combined together, and it's like, oh, hey, Claire, I remember you from two games ago, and it's like uh, happenstance that they're together, and they're individual storylines twist and, and they're connected somehow wow. but it really felt ham-fisted uh, the Stan stuff felt like 2003 commentary on Middle East bad uh, um, they worked really hard to connect it to Resident Evil 4 there were so many references like the president saying, "Hey, thanks again for saving my daughter." Uh, I remember that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <sighs> the last episode ends with a monster. I think it was a character we saw through the whole show, but I don't remember his name. He turns into a monster because he wants to 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 ruin the whole world, and they're in a test facility with all kinds of monsters and test tubes waiting to be released, but. Then 
like the whole huge giant room starts filling up with acid that eats everything and it almost kills Claire, but it doesn't. That, that sounds bad. That's it for the story. Um, it looks like dog shit. It released in 2021. What type of animation is it? It looks like... Do you ever watch that movie Heavenly Sword? No. Um, it looks like do, do, PlayStation do, 2 cutscenes. Oof. So doo-doo dog shit. Like bad. really, really, really bad PlayStation 3 cutscenes. It's so it's 3D? I think Ew. I think Resident Evil 4 looks better. Like Ew. the original. Oof. Maybe. That I don't know. It sucks. It, it was really, really, really bad. Uh I had to push through each episode's like 25 minutes, and I was halfway through it like I have to finish this because I have to talk about it, but I'm not doing it sober. So, bad. Bad, bad. So is it the worst Resident Evil adjacent thing? See, <sighs> I was considering that. How does it, it stack it, up? In my ponderings. I would say you would probably put it on par with Welcome to Resident Evil. I like that movie because it's funny bad. It's, no, it's not. It's like <laughs> the villain <laughs> injects himself in the leg with the serum and turns into a monster that pops eyeballs out everywhere. And Leon says, oh, yeah, fuck you, and pulls a rocket launcher out of his ass and shoots him, and then that's the end of the movie. That shit's funny. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's You're a, laughing. It's abysmal. <laughs> See, if there I had been nothing. if I had been wasted watching that, I would have either been laughing or actually found it scary. <laughs> watching it sober was just infuriatingly like, damn, I flinched. Could you do a real scare now, please? Um, there the was, only thing I liked about that movie was the actor for Leon was pretty good. There was nothing entertaining, good or bad or otherwise, in in Infinite Darkness or whatever the show. So is. worse than the Netflix show. Uh, because we had positives about that show. Not many, but Did there was we? a few. Lance Riddick was pretty cool. Yeah. Sometimes the intrigue was okay. and like Sometimes there were good ideas, but the execution was dog shit. I'm turning yeah, into you. <laughs> <laughs> pretty soon everything turns into, I could see the potential, but I would have yeah, done it different. Probably the worst Resident Evil thing I've ever done. Oof, duh. That's not good. Much suck. Yep. Oof. So to balance out your negativity for once... Um, I read another book. These were, this was a back-to-back -back reading. Ooh, yeah. Of I know where you're going. Yeah. Another book that probably would have been in my top, like, three of last year. Um, I read Rogues, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Leo Max. It is another four-issue, out-of-continuity, black-label book set in the future where, you know, the, the Rogues flashes rogues league of villains you get the name <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I get yeah. it. um they're all like washed up has-beens you know they're all drunk some of them have settled down some of them are in mental institutions um like we should be yes okay um captain cold is like re i don't like working my job these people don't respect me because they don't you know he's working like a manufacturing job and then they're like literally awesome yeah literally <laughs> like you know they're like hey you're doing great and they close the door and they're like Lamau, you remember that guy? He used to be a supervillain. And he's like, re! Um, so he remembers this ra random rumor he heard in a bar ages ago. And he's like, 
we're going to rob Gorilla City of all of its money. So he get he gets the gang back together. Some characters I'm familiar with, some of which I'm not. Um, and it includes it's a bunch of pe- it's a bunch of people. Um, Mirror Master, Golden Glider, Captain Cold, obviously. Um, some other people who I don't remember, if I'm being honest. Just characters I'm not very familiar with. I like the Flash, but I'm not super familiar with a lot of the Rogues. Um, just a bunch of people, and then they're all old and cranky and abusive to each other and they're like, nah, you're a shithead. No, you're a shithead. And the only one who's done anything good with their no, life, like, we're mm-hmm. all shitheads. The only one who's, like, really actually good is Golden Glider who's, like, doing charity work now. We'll be Every- shitheads together. Everybody else is varying shades of I'm actually secretly addicted to heroin or whatever. You know, like, a bunch of stuff. Fine. We'll all be shitheads together but you're a shittier shithead than me. Pretty much. Um, and they go on a romp. They go, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna go rob Gorilla City. And then they go around the world getting information. And then they're like, they, they show up in the jungle and they're like, is this it? It's like a bunch of gorillas in trees with platforms. And then they're like, you know, Captain Cold's like, watch this shit. And then he does some, you know, Wakanda-esque. I pull the veil back and like, look, it's like this uber futuristic monkey city. Um, <laughs> where yeah so gorilla grod is the the kingpin of the city you know he runs all the stuff it's he's got a wife and a kid the world if there wasn't fortune <laughs> pretty much um yeah uh so he's got like a wife and kids and other gorilla characters have kind of like migrated there even though they didn't like grod originally they're like okay fine we'll go hide with you um and then they just they pull a big heist and then they kidnap Gorilla Grodd's son, which was a bad idea. Um and then he goes he goes monkey mode and seemed, uh, why would you do that? You have his money, so well, they, you they, kidnap they, his son, what are they, you holding him? They couldn't for? get the it's a whole bunch of convolutes. So basically, Mirror Master like is retarded now. Like he went to an insane asylum and he's like he doesn't remember everything anymore. You know, the whole, like, did it make him worse? Did it make him better or whatever? And then he uses the gun. He's like, so I put all the gold through. Fuck you. And then he just dips. Like, he doesn't even want to steal it. He just, like, he just gets killed and, like, destroys the 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 mirror gun. So they can't get the shit. So now they just need to, like, get out alive. Gotcha. And then for, you know, convoluted plot reasons, his son just happens to be there. You know, little baby monkey boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, he goes monkey mode. Uh, Literally everyone except, I think, Golden Glider dies in this book. Nice. It's a lot of death. Uh, Just a shit ton of very gory character deaths. Um, And it does, you know, the the last few pages have a lot of... of, uh, (laughs) Literally Winston, but rated R. Yeah. The last few pages have a lot of, 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 uh, you know, voiceover boxes. It, It effectively boils down to, like, you know... Were you were you doing this because you actually wanted to make all your friends' lives better, or were you just using them to get money? Do you even know? Blah blah blah. The usual stuff. Um, really good book. So the covers are fucking insane. Uh, the main cover, I don't remember who does it, is is a really nice like photorealistic one. Um, but all of the the Leo Max covers are phenomenal. It's an extremely bright and cartoony book, surprisingly. It's it's very it's got a lot of blockiness to it. A lot of the character models have a lot of that like look at my fist and then like it's a big square, you know? Mm. They just it's blocky and mm-hmm. chunky. Mm-hmm. Um it has a similar a kind of a similar vibe to to Lonely City in the sense that it's very vibrant and colorful, but also it touches on a lot of adult topics and like 
very serious depression <laughs> and like a whole bunch of other things. Um, I really like the character voices. They all feel unique. I, I really like this version of, of Leonard Snart. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, he literally kidnaps a child and is like holding up like a, you know, golden, one of golden gliders like skates and is like, I'm going to fucking kill the child. You know, like he just goes like full crazy mode. Um, I bought this for $30 at Jetpack. Worth it by a long shot. Um, it was really good. And also in the back, they have recreations of classic covers, but with monkeys, because of course they do. Cool. Duh. Like if, if you have weird characters, you it's like, of course you're going to recreate the classic, like, Crisis on Infinite Earth covers. That was the Duh. one I was going to say. Like, of course you are. You you have the opportunity to do it, so they do it. Um, the back has, as as usual with most of the Black Label Dark books. Knight strikes. Or no, Dark Knight. Uh, strikes again. Strike. Yes. The first, the first one. Yeah. Returns. Returns. Oh, thank you. Oh. Where he's jumping through the sky and yeah. there's the lightning bolt, but it's a monkey. Monkey. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot of like like most black label books or like deluxe editions in general, they have a lot of sketches and spare covers in the back. And I, I like that. It's a good package. Um, yeah, f- great book. Great book. Much happy. I like it. I like those two back to back. That was a great night for me. Like I was bawling. Not literally. I wasn't crying, but like I was like. Balling. We, we ball. No G. Yeah, we ball. Yeah. It was a great night. Wow. Would you like to ask me a question or end it there? I think we can end it there. Like, I like that. Like Hellboy 2. End on a note that you're like, oh, fuck, there's no sequel? Really? You yeah. shitting me? But there is a sequel. Please become a Patreon. A patron. A patron. Become become patron at patreon.com forward slash time comic bros. Just like Jeff Lawrence did. He he's, gives us money. He's been doing it a long time, dude. He's Yeah, he's been here about probably half of how long we've been doing this. Maybe more. Yeah, it's weird. It's been like a year and a half. Yeah, he it's likes crazy. us. He's weird. He likes us. He keeps including us in his books, too. That's wicked cool. Appreciate and he says that. nice things about the show, too. Oh. Yeah, he doesn't uh, just include us to trash us. That's but yeah, cool. If you become a patron you can on get, Patreon, you can get access to the sequel of this show, which is called Dime Comic Bros Happy Hour, where we usually crack open a beer or a coffee or a water or a hard seltzer, maybe. Or we just crack open, call in, and drink his blood. We could do that. <laughs> yeah. But we would have to play like really scary, like Britney Spears music while we do it. To, to create a blood sacrifice. Interesting. I'm listening. To Satan. Huh. I don't know. I think that's how that works. Anyway. We will sacrifice Colin to Trigon. <laughs> um, yeah. We just kind of shoot the shit. Uh, that is exclusive to Patreon, as well as early access to all of our regular shows. So this weekly show, as well as our monthly gaming show, Dime Gaming Bros. Whoa. I know. And Dime Gaming Bros Happy Hour, where we do the same thing where we just talk shit about Activision Blizzard or whatever. Just, you know, we talk about them, people stealing breast milk and like, Moving you know, st- lots of stuff. Lots of weird stuff. We also talk about games. That's my Sometimes favorite Sometimes we talk about games. That's my favorite part of that show. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that is, you get early access to that on the Patreon as well as sketches and art commissions done by Colin resident weird idiot boy who does good art stuff and things when he gets around to it when he gets around to it he requires a little bit of uh no, i wouldn't call i wouldn't call it coercion i would call it threatening so we're doing the third black white and blood book in two weeks yes. and we're still waiting on the art commission that we set him out to do on the first one three months ago 
that, that, hey, he made one copy. Now he just has to do it over again, which is the hardest part, apparently. So <laughs> if if we, the show hosts, can't get art commissions in a timely fashion. You'll get it eventually. Good luck to the patrons. You also get fucking stickers, bruv. You do get it, though. You get a lot of cool stickers. Yeah, you get it. Uh, you get a bunch of stickers, which are designed by Colin, and they're great. He actually finished them. It's great. That's because they're smaller than than posters. This is true. Uh, yeah, you can get a bunch of stickers. We'll send you a whole bucket full. Um, As previously mentioned, Jetpack Comics and Games in downtown Rochester, New Hampshire is super cool. Yes. I was planning to stop there today, but they're doing uh, a mega signing with uh, like four different big name artists on uh, the... Uh, some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. Turtles. So I'm gonna kind of duck people. away from them. Too many people for Jacob. Be a lot of people there, and they're not gonna be there for what I want. So uh, understandable. Any other normal day, though, I would go there for my gaming and comic book needs. I think I need to talk to someone at Jetpack and get a massive pile of Kyle stickers. Ooh. I, just in general, just probably including, because I usually throw in like a couple of jetpack business cards, yeah, yeah. you know, moral yeah. obligation and whatnot. Right. So including a couple of their stickers would make sense, but why not give them the really weird stickers? I like this. Yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. I'll, I have I'll talk, a stockpile of stickers too, I'll talk to so. Kyle and we'll, right. we'll see what we can work out with that. Cool. Um, yeah, so tune in next week for some more news. Not some more news, the YouTube show, but just some more news stuff. We got a lot. A lot of stuff happened. The moment we we, we stopped recording last week, like a bunch of shit dropped. It always does. Yeah. <laughs> Drives me happens. crazy. And then we're doing Electra, Black, White, and Blood the week after that. That is correct. And then there'll be more news, and then we'll go back to Hellboy, because we need a break before talking about the 2019 movie, which only has one good thing going for it. Um That'll be fun. So yeah, tune in. Hopefully all three of us are back. The whole gang's back together next week. I'm um, excited for my prompt for happy hour. Let's go. Oh, y'all. Let's do it.